Bless the Lord, God's people. We are grateful yet again for the opportunity to hear or to receive the word of the Lord for this uh, wonderful Sunday. I do want to believe that all of us have had a good week on my part. And my family, we are okay. We thank God for his provision. We are grateful for his protection and the leading of his spirit. Uh, this Sunday uh, morning, I would like us to take it um, just a little easy in terms of volume. I may not share with you for a very long time, but still very important that you listen in very keenly. And I know that um, at the end of this uh, sermon, you'll be able to glean something that will, will drive you spiritual distances. I have picked my text. Uh, I think today I'm one of those um, one of those uh, sermons which um, almost sound like um, from the mainstream churches. So I've got three scriptures. Then we'll try to keep moving back and forth on each of those uh, three. So first I'd like to read uh, from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. So treat that one as a first reading. <laughs> so if you have a background of a mainstream, then you will definitely be at home with this. So Hebrews 12 verse 12 says, um, Therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. That sounds like a page taken out of um, that sounds like a leaf taken out of one of those motivational handbooks therefore lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees now what can be called our second reading will be Isaiah 35 Isaiah 35 verse 3 Isaiah 35, verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. More like an emphasis from Hebrews 12, if you are to compare it rather. With Hebrews 12, verse 12, says just about the same thing. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. The third reading um, will be a slightly longer passage found in John chapter 5. And by the way, if you are still wondering um, the title of my sharing today, uh, let me inform you that I also am trying to figure out. So let's work out together by the time we are done what will be a befitting title. Okay. That's one of the ways sometimes I I speak and I try to find out what really stands out. But I of course know the thrust and I know the what I may call the core uh, value that I want to bring out. But we'll see how we can be able to frame it by the time we are done. That is uh, John chapter 5. Yes, John chapter 5. Let's start from verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the ship gate a pool in Hebrew called 
Bezafna. Okay. Sorry, it's Bezafa. Bezafa. Which has five porticles or five porches. In this lay a multitude. Keep 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 that in mind. Huh? That sounds like a lot of people of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. One man, and this is uh, the man I want us to zero in. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Now, what you may not know, if I can just digress a little bit, is if he had been um, in that particular pool for 38 years or he had been generally ill for 38 years. All the same, 38 years is a very long time for somebody to be unwell, whichever way you look at it. So verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him, and please notice something here very important, and knew that he had been lying there a long time. Okay. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been lying there a long time. Can I say that again? When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been lying there a long time. And let me say this, I want to digress just a bit before I continue reading, that you do not, and let me put it better, we do not inform God about our problems. God knows. We don't blindside him in prayer. And he gets shocked that um, we have such a deep need. I want you to know that God knows. And probably that is one of the biggest comforts and consolation for me for a long time. Just to know that he knows. Just to know. That he knows. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been lying there a long time, he said to him, now this is very important because this is where I'll be coming back to even as we begin to uh, unravel what I want us to unravel today. Do you want to be healed? Now, now when, when, when you look at verse the second part do you want to be healed I mean it's almost like an insult and I think I've had occasion before to say this to you that um, obviously or rather it is obvious that the man is in this particular spot for the very reason that he intends to get well in any case the people who came to this place as you'll find out even as we finish the, the reading were there for only one purpose, to get healed. But notice how God, and not only in this particular portion of scripture, but in almost every other place where our Lord Jesus met people who were in obvious state of need, how he would, as it were, seem to ask them a rather obvious question. I mean, it's almost rhetorical. So somebody is blind and uh, he would ask uh, Bartimaeus, for example, in Mark chapter 10, I believe it is, um, he would ask Bartimaeus, do you want, what do you want me to do for you? 
I mean, the man is as blind as they come. It, it's rather obvious. And I want to say this because sometimes, and I won't take time on this, there are people who, and there are many of us, I don't want to use you know, that tone of um, the other. I want to include myself. There are times we could be in situations of discomfiture could be in situations of pain or maybe even of luck and we as it were are not looking for solution I have met people in my short life who were in need say for example of finances but every avenue you tried to profile to them how they can be able to help their lot improve their situation you kept getting the feeling that they are looking for arms or looking for aid and if you say why don't you start this or do the other or work on this or, or whatever and so i want us to be very clear that not everybody who appears to be in a situation of pain discomfiture or a situation of lack is actually looking for solutions. There are people who are looking for sympathy, for example. For sympathy. And so God does not assume, and that is why we have to be very clear and articulate very precisely, very concisely, and to the detail exactly what we want God to do for us. Do you want to be healed? That's the question. Because if we can settle that early, that is what I will be trying to lay my hammer on very strongly as we move on. If we can be able to settle that early, then a lot of other things will begin to fall in place rather easily. Okay? In other words, is it, is it, is it in you? How badly do you want it? I know you look like you want it. I know you've been saying you want to get well. I know you have... Um, you have casually told people you want to get well, but the question here is how badly do you want to get well? The sick man answered. And notice this very interesting way that the man responds to a very direct question. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me... Let me, go, let me, let me do that again. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is troubled. And while I'm going another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your pallet and walk. At once the man was healed and he took up his pallet and walked. So we know, because we read earlier, that at a certain time, when nobody knew whatever time that would be, the angel of God would come and start the water and the first one who would get to the water would get well. So when the man is asked a question, and it's a very, again, very simple and direct question, do you want to get well? It's a simple answer of yes or no, or maybe, I don't know. Um, the man says, I have no man. Uh, um, in my notes, I scribbled something here. I call it the I have no man syndrome. Okay. The I have no man syndrome. So, 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 at what point did Jesus ask this man, 
if he needed a man to put him in the water. That, that, that wasn't the question. The question wasn't, do you need a man to help you step into the water when the angel starts, you know, the waters at the pool? And I think this is, this is, this is so common. This, this is so common. This, this kind of deflections and, and you're asked one thing. And God is so clear. And I want to put it to you because uh, today I would like us to really cut to the chase. Just cut to the chase today. And just go direct and ask ourselves, one, are you still interested? And I'm asking you now, are you still interested in healing? Are you still interested in God's liftings? Are you still interested in that breakthrough? Because that's the direct question that God asks. Let's not deflect it. Let's not let's not talk about I don't have a rich relative to get me a job. I don't have a job. That's another way of looking at it. To meet my need. I I live in the wrong country where the economy is small and we have weak leadership. We always do have weak leadership around here. Self-centered leadership. But that's beside the point. The point is, do you want to get well? Are you still interested, church? Are we still interested in those things which we sometimes know? Do you remember a man in the Bible, the father to John the Baptist, to Zachariah, I believe? He went to pray and then the angel came and told him, that God has had his prayer, meaning that that was a prayer that he had made before God, and that he will get a child. And the man and the man said, it is not possible. So you, you begin to ask yourself, okay, the angel has already said, that was your prayer, God has answered your prayer. And when the angel came with the answer, so the, 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 these are things sometimes we do. We, we may say one thing, we may look one thing, we may look one way, but in, in clearly, deep down and essentially, um, it is not a reflection of what is the truth. So let's look at those three scriptures again. So the first one talked about, um, you know, uh, lifting up those hands that are hanging loose. Um, the first two verses actually say the same thing. And then now we're looking at this uh, story of this man who, um, let's say he was at the verge of giving up. He had tried. He says, always another gets before me. Another one gets blessed before me. Another one gets anointed before me. Another one gets promoted before me. Another one gets lifted before me. And I know these are things which we all do go through. Sometimes it almost feels okay not to have something until another gets the very thing which you're looking for, you know. Sometimes we, we're almost okay not to have something until somebody gets it. It's almost okay not to have a particular uh, breakthrough until somebody, because it, they act like a judgment that it is possible, that it is it is doable. So again, I'll keep coming back to this. Um, how badly do you need it? And are you still interested? Are you still, or have you tried enough and feel 
it's over and done with. I want to tell you why you must hold on and you must stay on course and you must not give up. And I'll be very quick on this one. I told you I'll try to make it very quick today. And I will start at a very, I don't know, controversial. Why you must hold on. Number one, because no one has ever lost more than the devil. And he's still trying. Um, I know you're wondering if you just had me right. Well, if we must learn from the most extreme illustration, then please learn with this one. That no one has lost more than the devil. All these countless numbers of years. He is still trying. So, and I know this, it almost sounds like a dark illustration. If the devil is still trying to steal, to kill, to destroy, and all the other crazy things that he tries to do, how much more should we try to do what is right, both for ourselves and for God? I mean, he's trying all the wrong things. He's trying to do all the bad things, all the things which are so negative. How much more, I ask the question, should we keep on trying to do what is right, both for ourselves, for God, I can't even add one, maybe two, for our children, for our society. Okay? So if a person finds glee and finds and relishes to do all these negative things, how much more should we relish? Should we should we stay on the course for doing those things which will, as it were, build our societies, build our children and the future generations, and those things which are to be more selfish, right by ourselves. Just sometimes you succeed for yourself. I mean, it's of course you succeed so that you can be able to be a blessing to others. But that does not negate the fact that um, you are also a benefactor. You are also a beneficiary. I think that's a better word. You are also a beneficiary of that same success. I mean, so even if you are to go deep down, selfish, and a better word would be self-interest. The, 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 the issue here is, is self-interest. Then, then we have even a greater reason why we should not give up. Okay? So if you can take that, and I know sometimes that this may make some people to cringe just a little bit. Um, this is why you must hold on, people. Because think about it. Satan has lost, continues to lose. In actual fact, there is even a very clear word from the Almighty God himself that says he will lose. I mean, he is the one person who does whatever he does, knowing that ultimately and eventually he will not make it. But he still tries. Can you imagine? God has already told him in clear terms how he will end. Now, now, now he still tries. I mean, I mean, on the other hand, God has said how it will go with us. We can just believe him. 
I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, the Bible says. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a hope and to give you a future. Just think about it. To give you hope and to give you a future. Well, that's number one. Number two, because others did give up on us others didn't give up in their efforts to give us what we have I want you in your free time and please do this I know you're all obedient people I want us to find out what it costed for example Michael Faraday on the area of electricity or people who gave us bulbs the Thomas Edisons of this world or the George Stephensons of this world former day go even to such mundane things like clothes <laughs> because we didn't start to have year <laughs> you didn't start to have year just think about it phones the one you're using today okay there's a gentleman called Maconi think, 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 think about people who gave us I mean all the way from the most court you know those signals for sending messages what it took for us to move away from wire communication or communication through wire as a transmission to wireless and 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 you will come so sobered I don't think that's a way to put it but you will you will you will come back and if you can do this this week I believe it will be so useful so when the message is still fresh in your mind it will sober you up you will find people who are actually taken to mental asylum for simply saying that you can communicate without wire. I mean, their friends and their family took them to a mental institution. Just for saying that it is possible, I think I have the formula, it can be done. Just, just think about it, the televisions, the computers, the, just think about the efforts, the man hours. I mean, I'm holding um, close to a Bible here. A handbook Bible. Just think about what it took people like John Haas or, 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 or John Wycliffe, I believe it is, and amongst a horde of other people who took it upon themselves to give us manuscripts that people can read, you know, from the comfort of their own homes. Okay? You know, people who translated the Bible from one language to another. In actual fact, most of them were monks, meaning they had completely sold out their lives for the cause of, of, of God. And we are told in history, and you will do this for yourself, uh, I, I know you will, many of them, they would do one manuscript, and by the time they are done, they will have completely messed up their eyes because of poor lighting, very bad lighting, using candles. And you know, they have to do this, you know, you know embellish writing, grand writing. So, so by the time you do one sentence, I mean, it's taken quite a bit of um, careful because it is done in such, it's not hurried, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not hurried. And they would call it their labor of love because you did one for the entire of your life. Think about what it took to build cathedrals. Just cathedrals without the cranes and what have you. The churches you see today. The person who essentially put the foundation or let put this the person who built the foundation was more likely never going to worship in that cathedral and they might spend the rest of their life building 
but there used to be a lot of situations that would come and it would stop because of war it would stop because of uh, resources and most of these cathedrals and you will check it for yourself are about 100 years old 150 years old some even 200 years old you can imagine the person who had the blueprint lived built and died and never worshiped in that cathedral look at the effort it took even to put some of the beautiful paintings that we have today that give us a sense of history and understanding of church the 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 history of the church and helps us to see it using symbolism and i can go on and go on and go on but everything you can see from where you're seated either you look right across the road and you look at cars if you start that journey of studying or finding out where we came you know from in terms of automobile as we know it from the horse carts okay the carriages that used to pull the cart or the horses that would pull the carriage that way she should put it all the way to having motorized forms of transport the man hours if you if you're looking across or maybe an aeroplane just passes right across i mean above you rather you you and look at the history of the right brothers okay and the risks and even the ultimate prices some of them paid because of fatal injuries that they came that they got as a result it will begin to tell you why we cannot fail the future generation because it is important that we have a sense of um a sense of understanding that of where we are coming from i can't remember who said this but i know it was quoted by the late wangari um, madai and i hope i can get it correctly it says that um i also think it was also quoted by kennedy at some point um let me see if i can get it correctly it says we we do not we do not inherit the earth from our forefathers rather we borrow it okay for our children okay we it's it's been given to us by our children and i believe that's how it goes it, and, and it's a beautiful way of looking at things that we we didn't just inherit these things from our forefathers church we have borrowed it for our children so for example when we destroy the environment it is our children who suffer as a result i mean so so think about it think about um think about the history of the world in respect to wars um, sacrifices made by people like martin luther king junior people people who went out and gave out their 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 all literally their all for civil rights and many others amongst them who the malcolm x of former days people who gave their absolute all so that they can and today we are seeing elections you know being changed like the last election which um, it's yet to um um it's, it's still in the process of um, being certified but uh, we know how it it's already gone the black vote the black american vote has <coughs> excuse me has in so many ways swayed the victory to the eventual winner okay because somebody went out and said it's a, this 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 is how it should be 
look at people who have been at the forefront when it's championing things to do with women rights why women need to vote needs to an equal why the girl child needs to be treated with the dignity that they so deserve and with civility vis-a-vis where most of us are coming from especially in these parts of the world i'm just going to give you a global outlook a much more wider outlook and by looking at the rear view mirror so that you can be able to appreciate why we cannot fail the generation of the people of the, the the generation of those that are coming after us because truth be told everything you can i mean i'm seated here in my you know guest room and I'm, i mean these computers here there printers here radio systems everything has costed i mean if you just take one item and you work backwards you'll be so surprised at how far we have come in terms people have made our life a little less um painful and and reduced the struggle somewhat reduce the struggle i mean there are times when people to preach had to ride long distances <clears throat> across ridges and in some other landscapes where there is snow they would have to camp in different places so that they can be able to wait out the snow and you know, go through all these difficult climatic situations so that they can just go and offer us someone and today we can do this sharing at the comfort of the sitting room because technology has come our way So I want you to look at that and say this is going to be the reason why I don't give up. And let me just put it this way. No one will fault you. No one will fault you. And and and, and this is very important for trying. For trying. Okay? Um no one will fault you for trying. And and, and this is very key. Keep trying. keep trying keep trying and, and 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 even if you fail trying it was it is still honorable than doing nothing number 3 and my second last point and this is related to my number 2 point why you should never give up for the sake of your children okay and i want to take a bit of a tangent just a not a tangent rather a different approach on this one <clears throat> and I put it in my notes here how will you tell your son or your daughter that they need to stay on course either in their education in their pursuit in their career while you quit and it is out there you know they say that don't be too concerned that children are not um, are not listening be concerned that children are watching okay leadership is modern okay how can we in all honesty look at them look right through their eyes and say you can do it i know you can make it okay while your life or my life is a contradiction of the same let our children say my father or my mother tried very hard okay and and and, and i know some of us happily that is the testimony that we have of our parents they may not be multimillionaires they don't have to be they may not be on top of the food chain no they don't have to be but truth be told 
we know the efforts they put to just give us a modest just what you may call um, just to keep us above the water I think that's a better way to put it to put food on the table just that to take us through you know school I mean we know the efforts and we are proud of them they may never have hit the charts you know to use the term that people use out there they may never have um, hit the charts but they are heroes in our own eyes because we know what it took for them to just move from one point to the next point. Many of them with so many children and they have to educate them with very little in their hands. And um, for that, we are eternally grateful. And the same we must do. I think um, we have been given a little bit of a push. We can be able to push this slightly further. Finally, and why you should never allow yourself to despair and why Hebrews 12, 12 should be important to you. And Isaiah 35, verse 3 should be important to us. That we should lift those hands that are hanging loose. And strengthen the knees which are weak. It's because God has not given up on you. And I think if you lose out on anything else, I think that is very, very important. God has not given up on you. God has not given up on me. And for that reason... I should never give up on myself. Okay? As long as as long as God believes in us, as long as the scriptures have not been altered, and the scriptures will never be altered, and the word of the Lord will remain constant and steadfast, then we know in our Noah that somebody who matter believes in us, and that person is God Almighty himself. And who better to obey than the person who put us together and know exactly what you're made of. And so again, church, I just felt today I needed to strengthen or beseech us to find some reserve strength somewhere. And I know you can find it. Some rest of us, deep down there is, trust you me, there is. Deep down there is, deep down there is. And if you have to learn from people, if you have to learn from people, if you have to learn from the Armstrongs of this world, that great biker who won so many Tour de France and did that while suffering from testicular cancer. And somebody suffering from testicular cancer should not be sitting on a bike the whole day. If you have to learn from people who have had to as it were, swim upstream. And they are there even in our day. We don't even have to go back in time. They are there in our day. If you have to learn from the Joe Bidens of this world who is about to be um, is about to be um, inaugurated as the president of the US not too long from now, at a very old age, if I'm not wrong, he's 78 or they're about 78. Most people have resigned by seven. Most people are thinking of, you know, I mean, just think about it. He's about to start leading and very busy. You can imagine. That's a very busy office. That's a very busy office. I don't, I, I don't know how, how they even find time to rest or sleep when you're running not only one of the greatest economies in the world, but also you, it is connected to the entire world. I mean, you're literally 
almost a global, you know, uh, um, uh, a leader. And you know, America does control quite a bit of what happens around the world. And, th- and that man will be at the very thick of things. Calls ringing and people seeking at that very old age. Okay, that tells you nobody should give up. You know, you know, nobody should give up. Nobody should give up. That is 70 something. This is a man who, for all in, I mean, for, for I mean, in, in all fairness, should have been given a stab at the presidency after serving very dutifully as the vice president to Obama. You know, and he was, he was, he was, he was, he was, they skipped him. You know, I'm looking for a nice way to say that. But they, they, they sidestepped him, that's a better way to put it. You know, he's a representation of my John chapter 5 gentleman here. Another one gets before me. He should have been given the stab. He was the second most powerful man. He has been in the houses of power in the Senate and in all these other at a very from 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 his late 20s. He really he was the most suited person and he has been able to go through all these issues. He's had bereavements that have been very close to his heart. He's nearly gotten bankrupt trying to get his son um, you know, to get well from cancer. You know, and, and, and the point I'm trying to put here is people, even in our day, we don't have to go so far. Jesus told us at one point, he says, learn from the fig tree. Um, learn from the fig tree. Look at what is close to you because nature always points to God and all truth is parallel. <clears throat> we don't have to look so far. You will see examples of the human triumph, of the triumph, the triumph of the human spirit. And you will tell yourself it is doable and it is possible. I don't want to go so far or, or, or beyond that rather. So again, we said earlier that you're going to try and find a befitting title together. Maybe I'll give you mine and maybe we'll see if it sits well with you. Um, confronting the spirit of resignation. I think that's more or less the thrust of what we've been sharing today. And I hope this will do something in our hearts. It will, it will fan some flame. You know the way when you're putting, or you're trying to start a fire, we do a lot of firewood uh, um, uh, fires here. Um, and you have a little flicker, a little, little, little fire. You know the way you you fan it and fan it and you fan it until it begins to you know impact the rest and before long you have a huge fire with you or right there in front of you so again i hope this will fan something that probably was dying out okay i hope this is going to not only um fan that fire but it will also inspire others so that they can be able to light their torches using you the same way we are lighting our torches using other people may other people not only in the near future generations but even hundreds of years to come light their torches of hope using all of us may god richly bless you church i do want to pray that all of us are going to have a great week and that um We shall be careful to do all the things which we need to do in these um, interesting, difficult, sometimes risky times. 
so that we can stay afloat and much more than that do the utmost best for ourselves and for humanity thank you god bless you asante sana